Lisa Titus, a poet hailing from Grantsville, is publishing a poetry book titled First Time, Every Time. Lisa served as the Poet Laureate of Sullivan County for 2020 and 2021 and received a 2021-2022 Individual Artist Fellowship from the Delaware Valley Arts Alliance. Uh, Additionally, Lisa was a nominee for the 2020 Pushcart Prize, and her book was a finalist for the Brick Road Poetry Prize. Her poetry book, First Time, Every Time, is currently available for pre-order online and is set to go on sale on Christmas Day. Lisa Titus is on the phone with us now to share more about her work. Lisa, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So, Lisa, as the Poet Laureate, uh, did your time in that role affect what you wrote about in your poetry book, First Time, Every Time? I don't know if it necessarily affected what I wrote about, but it affected my output. I started really buckling down, and I was at a point in my life where I was, like, taking the poet role seriously, and I just started writing like crazy. And applying for the Poet Laureate position you had to have a poem about Sullivan County. And I did, and that poem is in this book. And I, so obviously I thought a lot about where I'm, where I live and what it means to me and also how it connects to where I'm from. But those kinds of things do show up in my poems and in what I was writing at the time. I remember during that time, because you became poet laureate during the, the pandemic and everything is switched online. I know we talked a little bit off air that you thought some of the Zoom things were impersonal, but I appreciated it as a, as a, a watcher because we were all home, we were all shut down, and the internet and, and social media and Zoom was our only connection to have your daily poems every day on my feed was a, a welcoming sight for me. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that is the one thing I did, the, the poems I, I put out every day. That was something that I really enjoyed doing. It, it felt good to me, too. I felt like I was doing something. And that was like a strange time for all of us. So I can totally understand that. And I'm glad that people enjoyed it and were listening in. Now, the title of your book, First Time, Every Time, can you explain and uh, more about the title, how you came up with it, and, and you explain how looking at the world in, in your way influenced what you wrote in your poetry? The easy answer is, it's actually a line in my book, in, in one of the poems. <laughs> so that's, but I always have my teachers of poetry and the poets that I've read. It, uh, Walt Whitman says a poet looks at the world basically the way a child looks at, at the world. I'm totally paraphrasing, but with the eyes of a child. And that, that sort of sticks with me when you are writing about experiences, when you're writing about things that you witness or observations, you have to look at them brand new. And that's, that's where that whole idea comes from. And it also, to me, it's a bit of a reinvention personally. So that kind of, it fits there too. So it, it just all came together in that title. You dedicated your book to women, saying that their stories are important. So you could talk more about that dedication. How does this dedication show up in your stories and messages in your poetry book, First Time, Every Time? For me, uh, the book, uh, most of the poems come from a first-person perspective, and I, and, and always, I, I, when I teach, I tell my students, you can never, the eye of the poem, you don't, oh, you never assume the eye of the poem is the poet. That's first rule. So it's, for me, the eye of the poem could be any woman who has experienced any of the things that I write about. So coming to it from a perspective of, Sometimes women's voices aren't always taken seriously. Sometimes women's voices are ignored, silenced. And for me, this is, and again, it's always a little bit personal too, the idea of, you know what, people are, it's time for me to, to express 
the way that I, in an authentic voice. And, and that to me is a connection to other women who never felt like they could be authentic, that they could not express in the way that, that they felt was true to them. So in the stories, like I said, they're very, I think many of my poems are narrative in nature. There are some lyricism in there as well, but they do capture women's stories, women's experiences in different ways, some ways that might not be super comfortable for other people. But to me, that's part of the, part of the learning. So that's the, and I, the dedication is to, I'll read it to you. It, it, it says, for the women who made me. So it's not just about women in general. It's about my women. But that connects to all women, I think. And then the rest of it is for my fierce, magical daughter. Right. No, so, do. you know, to me, that um, it's also, it's about that. Sorry, I get a little emotional. It's about the, what I can give her to move forward. Um, and to me, that's giving her a voice. That is a, a very powerful thing, just watching my wife and my daughter and how she wants to pass on the good things in life and, and telling her how to be powerful in life and how to have her own voice. Because now that I'm father of, of a daughter, of a female, realizing that there's already, at currently where we are, there's certain limitations that will, the people will put on her. Unknowingly, you have to play with this, these toys, or you have to do this, you have to fit in these norms here. And thankfully, we're, we're the part that, that we tell her, like, no, you don't have to be the status quo. You could, If you want to play with dinosaurs, you could play with dinosaurs. It doesn't mean that you have to play with something. And, and I think that's the most important thing is to let them know that they do have a voice. And, it, so, and, and a toy. Yeah, absolutely. And in the, the space and room to be authentic, to be, you don't have to fit into a box, you don't have to... <clears throat> And, and even if you screw up, the idea, too, for me, the idea of our flaws being part of us. And, but not clearly, when you're writing from the eye perspective, you are examining mistakes and flaws and grief um, and regret. And to me, I, I don't know, it, I guess there are, I feel personally, there are certain expectations placed on women that it, that it it's this forced to bury and instead of burying I'm unearthing um and saying no this is what's real and that's what's important to me to 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 put that out there to be like look these are things that we experience the things that we feel the magic of us so I I guess it's putting that out there I think is really important and it's important for even young people like I said some of the stuff in these poems can be hard but I think it's it's necessary even for young people to read about Absolutely. You mentioned young people. You mentioned teaching. I didn't mention that in, in our intro, that you also a uh, English professor for SUNY Sullivan. How does that experience uh, influence your work, or does it influence your work? I spoke to some artists in the past, and it, it could be a sort of mixed bag that they don't have time for themselves because they're giving everything to their students. In other words, I hear they get inspiration from their students. And you want to talk about your experience, exactly how does that influence your work? I think for me... The teaching is helpful in keeping me, especially when I'm teaching, obviously, creative writing and poetry, that kind of thing. The critical thinking aspect, the, the craft aspect, it sometimes keeps me focused. I uh, often, like when my students are writing in form, I make myself write in form. I'll give myself little assignments, too. So I think that can sometimes keep me on track as far as practicing my craft is concerned. You know, I, I'm, I'm, there are poems in this book that clearly my students are a part of. And it's 
I don't know, just the different experiences, their different experiences, the different places they come from, of course, can have an influence on the voices of my poems, the stories, what's being witnessed. So, yeah, that, I think it's, I think it does have an effect in some cases. I also, an assignment that I give one of the first workshops in my creative writing class, I'll put one of my poems in progress up on the board. I'll tell them it's mine. And it's their first work. They have to workshop this poem. And it's always such a, it's such an eye-opening experience every time that they're giving me feedback on it. And they, they feel, it's funny because they always feel like, we don't quite know what we're doing. I'm like, that's okay. That This is part of the process. And when they're done giving me feedback, I'll be like, thank you. That was, that was mine. And they're like, oh my gosh. They're like, totally, they like feel bad. And I'm like, no, this is what, this is how this works. This is the process. And I'm like, you guys, I do this to show you. We are all writers. We are all on the same page. Um, and I can learn from you too. And I'm like, I always tell them too, there are poems that I have had published that were published because my students helped me workshop them. Um, and, uh, you know, writing is, it, you know, writing a poem is not done in a vacuum. Like you have to have, you have to have somebody to bounce things off of. You have to have that. The audience is everything. So I think that's, that's an experience for me that kind of shows that connection between teaching and writing and how important it can be. Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely agree with that, especially the workshopping and going through the process of creating a, a work. It, says it doesn't always happen in a vacuum. It may seem that way, but it doesn't happen in a vacuum because that, that feedback, that criticism, it might be hurt a little bit, but at the same time, they're seeing things that you're not seeing. Um, exactly. And, that, and it can be anybody. That's, that's the beauty of it. People are like, oh, I don't know poetry. I don't. I'm like, doesn't matter. Your reaction, your response, is just as important. Like, how is it affecting you? What do you think? How are, you know, how are you feeling? All those things matter. It's all about the audience. You can't, if you're writing a good poem, you're not writing it for yourself. <laughs> you mentioned your poems are, are a labor of love, obviously, and, and you started sharing them in 2019. So how does the timing of, of when you wrote them and dedicating your book to your daughter and making the release on Christmas Day special for you? These, I can say this collection has been she, some of these poems were published in, in journals 15 years ago. There's one that, that mentions my son as an infant, and my son is going to be 18 in December. <laughs> so some of them are, are quite old, and, but as a collection, I, I, started re, I, start, I put them together. The manuscript happened, happened like, I said, around like you said, around 2019, and that's when I started putting manuscript out to see if it could be published. And certainly, there were poems written that mentioned my daughter that she is clearly a part of, and my son too, that both my children, but this, because this poem, or this, this book of poetry is, is very much about women's voices, I, I think a lot about her. So it's, I don't know, I, I guess I, it's special just because, like I said, the, the idea of her being able to understand how women can be witnessed and experienced and heard that can, I'm hoping that will empower her and to see herself in poetry. I, I think everybody should see themselves in a poem. It's a, it's an experience that changes the way you see yourself. And then it being released on Christmas. I'm not sure if that has a special meaning to me. 
I'm not going to lie, I just was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, Christmas doesn't have really a special meaning to me. It's a lovely time of year and, and that kind of thing, but it doesn't really, uh, the release of the book on that date isn't a special, isn't a special thing for me. I was just like, I'm just so excited that this is happening that my editor was like, oh, let's release on Christmas. I was like, yes, let's. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, I don't have a very interesting answer for that, but... <laughs> I have a poet on, on, on the phone with me now, and you have a poetry book, so can you read us one of your poems from your book? Sure, I would love to. Is there anything that... Oh. Anything that sort of stands out to you that encompasses, that would be hard to do, but encompasses your, your poetry book, but... You know what, I'll do this one, just because I, I, I've been talking a lot about women's voices and, and being heard and that kind of thing. This is a sort of short one, and it was it was written, I think, in a bit of a rage, but I, I think that comes through. It's called, It's Best You Say If You Keep That Opinion Between Us. When told to be silent, my body goes deaf. A flatline squeal flashes red behind my eyes. My tongue seizes up. The girls I never kissed goodbye buried inside of me shudder. They were always the quiet ones, forced to hide truths to keep monsters safe. Hush me and my fangs sharpen. I unravel at the seams in a litany of blood growls. My thorny mouth thickens with the wildness of zombies resurrected, resurrected by a gentle suggestion. They stagger out, rush into this muddy river of risk that sucks them under again and again, but they rise without quit. Dark Ophelias who cannot float, bruised with the safety of silence. The scabbed trigger picked raw, words unfettered, mouth opening. That's Lisa Titus reading one of her poems from her poetry book, First Time, Every Time. Now I say the book is, is available for pre-order. Um, once the book is officially released, do you have any plans uh, for the book? Are you doing a book tour, any kind of readings, anything like that? I am planning on, I'm definitely doing a book release party at Cabernet Franks sometime in December before Christmas. That is our thought. We have not quite nailed down a date yet. I'll, I'll try to get that on our social media, social media as soon as we know. So we're definitely doing that. And then I was waiting to have the books in hand, which I do now. So I'm going to be hopefully talking to some of my contacts at the local libraries and hitting up some local bookstores. I'm hoping to do that kind of thing. And I'm also going to go home to Western New York and, and try to do the same thing out there, get my local people interested and aware, and then I'll go from there. So that's my plan for now. Where can folks pre-order the book or order it once it goes released? So right now you can go to Brick Road Poetry Press and it can be pre-ordered there. It's they say that they're shipping on December 4th. Yep, so www.brickroadpress.com. And then you can go to books, order books, and then you'll see my book there. Yeah, so you can do that. And then I'm not super sure how once it's actually released on Christmas, how that works. I do know that it goes to third-party sellers then, but I'm not or where or how or that kind of thing. So I don't have that information. But again, I, once I get it, I will be making that available publicly. Absolutely. Let's go brickroadpoetrypress.com and you can find the book there. We're talking to yep. Lisa Titus, poet from Gransville, about her poetry book, First Time, Every Time. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us on the program and letting us know about your work and reading your work and sharing your, your thoughts on this. Thanks so much for having me.